Welcome back to another episode of the Photographer Mindset Podcast. I'm your co-host, Seth Macy, and today is Friday. Hope you're getting excited for the weekend, getting some inspiration, hopefully, from this podcast. It's also the last day to submit to the 500px North American competition that I am judging. There's actually a competition for each continent of the world, so you can submit to to any of those subcategories of the competition if you have photos from each of those places, but yours truly is judging the North American category. As you know, as you've heard, today is the last day to submit. If you haven't done that, get on it. There's up to $4,000 in prizes total. You can win an LED F160 lamp from Braun Color for winning the North American category. That's valued at $1,800 US and can really up your creativity game out in the field. And remember, 500px is free to join. The competition is free to submit to. You can submit as many photos as you want. And photographers of all skill levels are welcome. The submissions come through anonymous, so there's no such thing as... You know, the halo effect or social proof in terms of the number of followers that has any influence on winners, runner-ups, etc. So get on that. It's the last day. We love 500px. You will too if you dig into it and you haven't already. And today's a great episode with, uh, with Mary's Mark. Mary, she was an incredibly insightful guest. I will say that. And probably one of the only guests to flip the uh, the interview onto us and start asking Aaron and I questions. We've never had that before. Uh, we liked it. We liked having her on. I think you're going to gain a lot from this episode. And also, big thank you to listeners again. We've just absolutely smashed our listener record for September. It is... September 17th, and we've already passed last month's record, which is just crazy. Y'all are wild. Very, very grateful to have you all. And as always, if you find these episodes of value, leave a rating. If you want to go a little further, you can also leave a donation. The PayPal donate link is in the episode description. Always. We'll always do them for free. We appreciate the hell out of you guys. Let's get into this episode. I know do not touch me in Korean, which is a weird thing to know, (laughs) but I do. Why? Why? Uh, (laughs) It's a good question Uh, because I'm 6'5 and (laughs) fair-skinned and I actually went to Korea. I went to South Korea. My sister's adopted from Korea Uh, and I went there and when you're 6'5 in the city of Seoul, you you are very different. You're very different. And people would literally like touch and grab at you. And I had to learn the phrase, please don't touch me. Manjiji Maseo. So. Wow. There you go. <laughs> You're full of surprises. I've known Aaron yeah. two, three years now, and I learned something new about him every day. That's when that's you live awesome. for a long life, you have stories. And that's my South Korean story. So. Nice. Manjiji Maseo. Nice. Uh, Please, anyone fact check me. I, I'm not making that up. Uh, hopefully not. Anyways, Mary, thank you for being here. Uh, Mary is in Juneau, Alaska. Is that right? Is that where you are right now? Correct. With very uh, slow internet, apparently. No, no, no. Your internet's <laughs> great. It's one of the best sounding podcasts I think we've had yet, Seth. Would you agree? Yeah, I mean, there's some people who come in ready to roll with mics, and that's just a bonus. And there's other people who don't have them. And, you know, I feel like at first, Aaron, I mean, before we clicked record here, we uh, we kind of got a little bossy. Change rooms. It doesn't sound that great. <laughs> in the past, we were much more, mm-hmm. uh, should we just do it? We don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. But uh, I think we yeah. got to the point where we're just like, yeah, you got to change that. You got to do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, do you have any wall You've tapestries? raised the bar. <laughs> Any furniture you can stack around your head? <laughs> yeah. Good stuff. No. Well, thank you, you for great being now. on. Uh, Seth and I like to do our show, uh, well, as you can tell by the title, The Photographer's Mindset. We talk about yeah. uh, a bunch of things, but we, mainly photography and, you know, videography a bit as well. That's that's becoming mm-hmm. more and more popular. Uh, we're going to talk about your recent success um, with your wildlife videography uh as well as photography and i mean you're in uh you're in a mecca it seems like in terms of wildlife and when i met you maybe about a year ago maybe more it was very Mm -hmm. 
very whale focused, uh, orca yeah. especially. So can you kind of tell everyone your story in terms of your evolution through photography and wildlife and how you got out to Alaska and where you're from? Give us the give us the elevator pitch the of spiel. who you are. Yeah, the spiel. We want to uh-huh. hear. The spiel. Well, I feel like I would be remiss if I didn't tie it back to some of your previous podcasts. So let me see if I can do this a little bit. Wow. Um, but to answer your... <laughs> so many said, bonus I'll, points. Yeah. So many I'll bonus attempt. Points. Wait, wait, time out. Time out. She did her homework. She must Yo, have what her is homework. That? <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> but I'll give you the quick, I guess, uh, download on, on how I got here. So I... Uh, Went to undergrad back in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Um, And since then, I've moved around a bit. So spent some time in Chicago and then Florida. Photography was always a part of the journey, but it was never really my my true focus, right? Mm -hmm. Um, My husband loves fishing, loves the outdoors, and he has a deep passion for um, for all of the everything, I should say everything that Alaska has to offer. And so we found our way up here. COVID gave us an opportunity to be more remote in our corporate roles. And so uh, we did physically move here and we split time now between the East Coast and Juneau. We do like to, we like to point out like uh, a closed door in in terms of COVID and a pandemic and open uh, a lot of things for people. Um, Businesses, running businesses in different ways, uh, the ability to be remote and and kind of live a a life that you want to. So just always like to point that out that that's, I I think that's fascinating for people and and maybe a blessing in disguise. You know, of course, there's a lot of toughness that's gone along with COVID and the pandemic. um, But there are these glimpses of stories where there's like these beautiful shining lights and this is one of them. Yeah, I would agree. Thank you for pointing that out. Um, and it's it's great to have somebody else say that, right? Because in your head, you kind of play things over and over again. And at times you're like, well, was that the right decision? Or maybe maybe you should have looked at it in a different light. So it's it's nice to hear that. So thank you. I appreciate that. Um, you know, to kind of get back to your original thought here, which was, look, we saw a lot of whale and orca photography kind of talk us through this. I would say when I first got to Alaska, I was enamored, um, as you can probably imagine, with everything. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but I was spending a lot of time on the water. And because of that, you naturally see orcas and whales. And I think it was the draw of the subject in the fo- photo or video, whichever way you want to look at it, would disappear. <laughs> it seems yeah. like such a silly thing. But you know, I, I had this realization the other day when I was photographing moose. Moose actually just usually sit there and they're there for a while and you can potentially kind of style around them, right? You can move your angle. They're obviously mm-hmm. moving a bit, but it's not like something that completely disappears. With whales and orcas, they literally, they're out of sight. Um, and mm-hmm. so there was this challenge that I felt each time I was out there. And that's probably why you saw a lot of that from the very kind of beginning. Yeah. Um, I would say now... I'm going to tie this back real quickly to something that one of your other podcasts talked about, which is really the element of like, you know, you get a lot of folks who get upset or frustrated with social platforms, whether that's Pharaoh, whether that's Instagram. And it's at times because they feel as if they're not getting something in return or it's not meeting their expectation. I think it was Aaron who was pointing out like, look, a lot of it's actually truly about hard work. It's about Mm -hmm what you're trying to do, the bigger story than just a social channel. A social channel is a way to reach people, right? But it's not necessarily your end-all, be-all. So what else are you doing? What's your value? And and really, at the end of the day, how are you being a service to others? And I think when you look forward, and the reason why I'm bringing this up is when you look forward to some of the, I'm using the air quotes here, um, success on the account that I have, mm-hmm. it was about taking data and analytics. So maybe Seth, I think this is one of your points, right? Getting down in the weeds about the metrics, the KPIs and the insights, and then saying, okay, this is what's really resonating with the audience that I somehow have. And this is what people are looking for. So how do you provide something that they feel like is of value and you kind of mm-hmm. double down on it. So I think I'll, I'll stop talking in a second, but I did just want to bring that kind of full circle in the sense of like, yes, 
initially orcas and whales, a lot of people like them, but at the same time, there's a lot of people who didn't, right? <laughs> Might not mm -hmm. be their jam. And mm -hmm. so I just tried to just focus on the insights and stuff. And some of it, you know, you can blame on an algorithm. You can blame on, um, you know, the type of music you're using or the time of day you're posting, or you can always be trying to figure it out. But I do think if you take a long run view of your metrics and your data, it can tell you a lot as long as you're paying attention. Mm-hmm. I, I have a couple of thoughts there. It's, uh, it's so, e it's so easy to, uh, you know, oh, it's a song I picked, it's a song's fault. And, you know, people know me at this point. <laughs> and it's, uh, it's so easy to blame other things, but it's so much more productive to say, to take it as a learning experience. Hmm, maybe I should change this or maybe I should change yeah. that as yeah. opposed to, you know, uh, and, and do a lot of A-B testing. You know, you're, mm -hmm. you're marketing, you have a marketing background we're going to get into that. Don't worry. I've done my homework as well. Um, <laughs> but uh, it's so easy to blame uh, certain factors for personal failures as well as successes. Mm. Um, but it's yeah. much more, it's much more uh, an assertive approach to say, this is a learning experience. I'll change this this time. But I do have a question. So, you know, please, I'm scrolling please. through, I'm scrolling through your, your fabulous wildlife uh, videos and reels and stuff on Instagram. And you see 14 million plays on uh, on one of these videos and you know we talk about quantitative versus qual versus qualitative metrics all the time they're pros and cons but i have to ask when you see when you're when you see that you've received 14 million plays on something that you've filmed what's going on in your head as that's happening there's a lot of people who think that that's the that's the ticket. I've made it. I'm awesome. I'm great now. Is that the case? What what is 14 million views on a video you took to you? Oh, such a good question. Um, and I actually didn't know it hit 14. So now that I'm looking at it <laughs> myself, thank you. I appreciate <laughs> I appreciate you bringing that to my attention. Um, I was. <laughs> Where'd me, you think it was? Where'd you think it was? That's what I want to know. I you know what I thought I thought it was <laughs> in the in the Actually, I, I don't even think I knew it hit a million, to be honest, which is my fault. It shows that you're not checking every two seconds, right? And honestly, I don't know where that explosive, I don't want to say growth, but you, okay, let me back up. So to answer your question real quick, I take a long run view, right? There's nothing as instant success. I feel like oftentimes in our society right now, it's very easy to see the tip of the iceberg, right? It's very easy to see Ryan Reynolds and he's made this great company, right? <laughs> mm -hmm. Or it's very easy to see, I don't know, back in the day, like Steve Jobs, he did this really awesome thing. But I think the the bigger challenge and truly where the hard work is, is in the in the bottom part of the iceberg. It's what everyone else doesn't see. And so it's funny when I take a look at that one reel right now, I have to look at what else is around it, right? So mm -hmm. yes, then maybe a single video had 14.3, but there are things on there that have, let's just see, 20.3 thousand, 9,000, 7,000. So, you know, some of it's also just making sure you keep everything within context, I think. Mm -hmm. I'm curious more. I'm going to, I'm going to dig even deeper. I'm curious as to, I guess, I guess sort of in your description of it, you've sort of answered my question in that you're almost... Yeah. They're, they're numbers, you know, that doesn't define, doesn't define you. And uh, I'm yeah. going to follow up with, you said it's that, that, that play count is really just the tip of the iceberg. What are, what's maybe underneath the surface that people wouldn't know about? So I think an example to help bring this to life would be when you catch a whale breaching, right? Let's just say, for example, um, you are able to get a photograph, uh, but what what did that one second or the speed of your shutter truly amount to? What did it take to get there? And if you almost peel back the onion layer by layer, you can walk yourself all the way back to, well, to be in that one specific place at the right specific time, yes, there's an idea around exposure, right? So the amount of, mm -hmm. the more opportunities you give yourself, the more chances you will see a whale. But how did mm -hmm. you know where the whales were going to be, or generally speaking, in that specific spot? The tides up here can be over 20 feet. So how did you get your boat into the right spot at the right time? Mm -hmm. Obviously, the weather is a factor. Um, how did you even get a boat in the first place? How did you, how are you able to live in a specific location? You know, you can walk yourself back to all these little pieces of your life that kind of come together in a single frame. 
And I think in a sense, nobody wants to hear or see the unsexy part, right? <laughs> they don't want to know what the tides are or, you know, if your fingers were falling off because it was so cold, right? They want to see mm-hmm. the end product. And so in a sense, Instagram or social platforms, they provide you the opportunity to share the very tip of the iceberg, but they don't share the hard work or the dedication that it requires to get to that spot. I think that, you know, we did an episode called, I'm forgive me if I don't get the exact title right, listeners, but it was something along the lines of, should people know the amount of effort that would in, that went into your photograph? And I think most photographers who maybe are struggling a little bit with this think that people need to know the amount of effort that went in because they've lived it. They've It's taken a lot of effort to get that image and they feel like people mm-hmm. should know that and people should respond positively and accordingly to their final product. Mm. Whereas the real reality is people really don't care what you mm-hmm. had to do to get that photo. And it's... You know, it might not be ideal, but it's realistic. Uh, And I think it's very important to be realistic combined with idealistic and knowing when to focus your thoughts in an idealistic way or in a realistic way. So I Mm -hmm. just wanted to weigh in on that, that people really don't care about what it took to get that. Mm -hmm. They want to see the end result. And that's just something we have to deal with as photographers. I I like that point because I think... It's um, it really drives home the idea that it really the magic happens and the appeal happens in one second. I think we've all seen brands or businesses that do a good job of creating very creative how tos, right? Um, I forget the one video and what it's called, but essentially, I believe it was put out by Johnny Walker, and it was this idea of a gentleman walking the their entire history as a brand. And so, what you start to see is even if folks only like that shiny object, there are still ways to break the how you got their path down if you're creative enough. And right. some of that, in my mind, comes back to, I think, something, Seth, you were talking about a while ago, which is, look, you have to know your audience. Mm-hmm. 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 And I, I just want to clarify, when I say people don't care about what it took, I'm meaning mm-hmm. the general audience who just want to scroll and appreciate beautiful art or imagery. Obviously people care about the how-to because they're here listening to this and listening to <laughs> yeah. you, right? So I just wanted to distinguish <laughs> distinguish the difference between people don't care what went into the final result versus people who want to learn that process and refine that process. There's a difference. Great caveat. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. And, and, and just one more layer, like usually people aren't going to care as much as you care about the process and what happened. Like you may mm-hmm. say, I want an orca to breach right at the time of sunset with the orange sky in the back or, or mountains in the back. And it takes you seven trips out to the same spot and they're breaching behind the boat or it's to the side of the boat and you're freezing and cold and you get seasick. I would, I get seasick and <laughs> it, it, you forgot your card one time and it's just, it's <laughs> yeah. so much work and you're, you finally get that thing and there's such an emotional attachment to that photo. Um, but that whole backstory is often lost between the people that are just viewing it and going, oh, cool photo. Fire emoji, fire emoji, fire emoji. You know? Like just, <laughs> clap emoji. <laughs> clap emoji, clap emoji. Uh, heart, 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 heart. But yeah, I mean, there's that emotional attachment to it. And like, I th- Seth, to your point, you're, I mean, I'm looking at these bald eagles and I can't tell you how many... I've, I have a good amount of eagles. There, there's been a resurgence in the population in Connecticut and it's awesome. And I mean, 10 years ago, I n- never saw a bald eagle in my life. And now I see them weekly. They're not everywhere. I think like Alaska, I think they're pretty popular. Are they not like they're, mm-hmm. they're everywhere or can it. be everywhere depending on where you are. Um, mm-hmm. But there are certain spots where I know they hang out and they they fish and they have kind of routine sort of uh, activity and I can really time it out. But it still takes uh, days and days and days to get a photo that I'm really proud of. And there's so many photos that are close where you're like, oh my God, that's amazing. But the, <laughs> the wing is covering its eye, just like the way the shutter clicked at that certain time when the wings flapping and covers, you know, the face. And there's like, 
there's so many of these unknown moments that that no one will ever know about or hear about, but we know. So when we do get the shot, uh, we we feel this like immense amount of joy. I think is really what it comes down to. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That. Yeah, I absolutely agree. Uh, and the other thing I was going to say is like just again looking at reels and video with wildlife. It's it's interesting because there's so much luck with a shutter click versus oh, this is wildlife in action. I'm getting all the shutter clicks. I'm getting 60 frames per second or whatever I'm I'm filming <laughs> at and a, a solid 15 seconds of really cool footage. There it does kind of take a little bit of that pressure off for the perfect photo and just like here's the scene. Like enjoy what I was enjoying. Do you feel that in your transition to like a lot more video? Again, I, I, I take it back to what seems to have folks responding more. Um, mm-hmm. And it seems like they, they tend to like being in the moment more. And I think about what do I personally respond to? Would I prefer to take a look at photographs? Absolutely, if I'm in the right mindset and I'm guaranteed that it'll be great content. And so I, I do truly appreciate the moments that people somehow capture um, either on their cell phones, on video cameras, whatever way, you know, whatever uh, device they use, but in a video format. Well, we talked early in this episode. I want to come back to this this thought. Um, this idea that if you really dive into the data and the analytics and what your audience is responding to, often that's not the same as what you want to do. Mm. For example, right now, Instagram, obviously reels are performing. Now you can either choose to have the mindset and neither one is right or wrong. I'm going to you know, put that out there before I even finish my thought. You can have the mindset of reels are performing. I'm going to double down on that. I'm going to grow my account, whatever. Or you can say, you can recognize that 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 is true, that reels are what's performing, but I hate reels. I'm going to do photos. What is your advice maybe on people who, who what the data is telling them and what they desire to do doesn't align? I think for me, if I was giving advice, I would ask the next question before responding and say, what is the purpose of why you're on here? So for some people, I think I think this was on a previous podcast of y'all's. <laughs> it nice. was this idea of, do you pick your passion and make money from your passion? Or do you make money outside of your passion? Why or why not, right? What are the pros and cons? Mm -hmm. For some people, if your goal is to make money from X, Y, or Z, and let's just say, for example, that's to make money from the content you're creating, then by paying attention to the data and analytics, Mm -hmm. it can help you understand how you can create the right content to make sure you make money, right? If your goal is to use Instagram or Twitter or Facebook as a channel to reach and to engage with your users, but your payoff to make money is in a different way, for example, your website, then perhaps what it's telling you is to continue to create what content you feel like makes the most sense to ensure that the folks that you're reaching are moving down your marketing funnel, right? If you're using... Mm -hmm. Instagram as um, more of an amplification stage versus general awareness, then maybe you would just create whatever you wanted to, knowing that your bottom of funnel is really about somebody signing up on your website for a calendar time to meet with you. So I think I would answer your question with a question, which isn't super helpful, but which is, you know, what is your purpose? Why are you doing what you're doing? The big question it's, yeah. tough to, it's tough for people to answer that. And I think that, you know, chasing that answer is part of life. And I think that that purpose can change, not to get too deep. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, we've said it before, you got to be realistic. I mean, you can't want to grow on Instagram and not play the game. I think people who are really succeeding, again, air quotes, mm-hmm. are... Not in only individuals who, I mean, if you're a wildlife photographer who like wildlife or who like photography in general, but also people who like the game of social media. 
I think where there's some animosity mm-hmm. is for people who just straight up love photography and maybe don't like the the social media game as much. For example, myself, mm-hmm. I enjoy problem solving and puzzles. So I enjoy both things, mm-hmm. right? Like mm-hmm. engaging and connecting and adding value to people and figuring out how to best do that is fun to me. And so I figure you either need to figure out how to make that game fun to play for yourself or you need to just not play. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What do you think about that? I mean, that that feels like a pretty strong ultimatum. I understand why you're saying that though, because anything in between you would get, you're leaving it almost up to fate to decide if you're happy or sad that day. If you set the bar somewhere that you needed 36 likes on something or else it's a bad day, whether you consciously say that or subconsciously, um, Mm -hmm. you are truly leaving it into the hands of somebody else. And I feel like one of the emotions that you're robbed of of times is a lack of control um, or feeling like you're in control of something. So I I understand why that's a strong ultimatum. I think folks who like photography and they either want to better their skills or they just like looking at great pictures, I would question the motive behind the validation. So Mm -hmm. why do you need somebody else to look at it? Because if it was truly about showing eyeballs or getting eyeballs on your work without needing to know what people thought, then you could open up a gallery in the middle of Manhattan, right? You could Mm -hmm. go post pictures on a sandwich board and go walk around um, Times Square. You know, (laughs) like there are other ways to do that. So Mm -hmm. what is it about the validation that you're truly craving? And and from my perspective, then I try to break it down even further. I think my point (laughs) is if Instagram is continually a source of frustration and Mm -hmm. you're not interested in you're not interested in adapting and you have to consider if you're going to change your mentality towards such an app Mm -hmm. or if you're not willing to do that, is it worth committing, continually committing to such an app if it's going to cause you suffering, I guess is what I'm trying (laughs) to say. It sounds like a bad relationship, right? And (laughs) For sure. A hundred percent. Yeah. Right? No, that's like a great why point. Invite, why invite something toxic continually over and over again into your life? And unless okay you're going to, and not yeah, change. I mean, like in a rela- like yeah, a relationship. How long would you put up with toxicity, or before you changed something? Right, change mm-hmm. either being leaving or bettering yourself. In this instance, your relationship with Instagram or social media. Yeah. I mean, I guess there's probably that social pressure as well, right? So let's just say, for example, you're, you yourself say, eh, not worth my time. It's too toxic. I'm just going to get off of here. There's probably some social element, you know, especially the social network effect, right? That as more and more people are on there, obviously you don't want to have, you don't want to be left out. So you have a strong FOMO. <laughs> right. And so you're on there by default. <laughs> mm-hmm. Interesting um, you know, point. But, but that only works for so long. Because I feel like over time, if you're forced to do something you don't truly want to do, what happens next? And I think that's where you get a lot of complaints and verbalization of said complaints. Um, And Mm -hmm. I think maybe in one of your last, maybe it was your last podcast, I can't remember, but you were talking about everyone moving over to Vero or moving over to another platform. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think in my feed, I see that a lot now. Me too. I don't know if that's truly going to solve the problem that people are hoping it solves. Um, but, you know, yet to, well, we <laughs> yet just, to be seen. <laughs> we just yeah. wanted people to ask themselves why. Yes. Yeah. You know, we yeah, weren't necessarily blasting people who moved to Vero. No. If it works for you, it works for you. But consider the question why. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. I absolutely <laughs> agree with that. And right. What, I, what I'm hearing too, I think there's a, there's a long play Thing here and we talk about it a lot too like the everyone sees the lotto effect we mentioned in the beginning of this podcast like oh, ryan Reynolds has a, a gin company and a soccer team and he's so handsome uh how do you do that <laughs> like he just came out of nowhere and he owns everything no like if if he sat down on this podcast that'd be great if he sat down on this podcast and and told his life story i guarantee there is some some struggle uh and some and sweat equity that went into all of this and then making good moves. And I think there, 
we have this, we have a passion, we have something that we want and we hope that it's just magically given to us. We like keep doing the same thing, but there is this sort of work that you might not love in the beginning. You might not love, oh, I have to post reels or my marketing analytics say this. I don't really want to do this, but I'm going to. I hate popular music. I got to put this on my reel just so it gets a little bit more attention. Like this is killing my soul. However, <laughs> if, you go, if you go through the 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 rings of fire to get to the point where then you have an opportunity to say oh i'm there i'm somewhere i can now i can do my art however way i want it because i have a i have a name now i have a business i have uh, editing tutorials i have i'm selling my lots i'm selling this like you've got to that point where then you can kind of change Years. And I think of like, as an example or an analogy, this long-winded sort of thought is like the way John Mayer, not to get into music again, Seth, oh. John Mayer, sorry, <laughs> hear, me out, hear me out. The way people complain about this, but I kind of see this as like maybe a brilliant uh, marketing move. He's cut into the scene with this poppy sort of uh, teeny bopper music and he stuck with it for a little bit. He he gained his fan base, but he was always a blues guitarist. He loved Stevie Ray Vaughan. He loved uh, like like that sort of music. And as soon as he had a popular sense and in a in a fan base, he went right into a, a blues trio album. He he went into like this whole blues trio album, and it was completely different than Your Body's a Wonderland. It was like just gritty trio loud music. Uh, <laughs> And it didn't kill him because he had enough of a, of a base, enough of a business. He put in like the work to be able to say, now I can afford to do whatever I want. Uh, now he's playing with Grateful Dead and he comes out with like an, an 80s album and then, you know, Americana album. Like he's musically all over the place, but seemingly just following what he wants to do musically. And I feel like there's this, this just start to... Like, this is what I really want, and I'm going to do whatever it takes to get there. And once I'm there, I'll know. Versus, I like, I just expect it to be given to me. There's a very, it's a very different vibe. And that's what I'm getting from you a little bit. I guess, you know, one question back for both you and, and Seth is, you know, what are a couple of things you guys are doing right now that are, you know, maybe at the bottom part of the iceberg that folks don't see to help get you to the place where you want to go? Great question. You might be the first guest to like ask a question right back to us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You should interview us. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right. You are now, okay, this is your podcast. Now I'll hand you over the keys yeah. of the Instagram to, to all the stuff. Uh, great question. Great question. I think people don't realize for myself, I'll go first. I guess I've already started. I don't think people realize how much time and effort that I personally spend thinking about how to make this show great. I mean, it's more than just sitting down with well-spoken and inspirational people like yourself. There's a lot of, you know, doing research, generating points of discussion, making sure the conversation leads somewhere, um, going hunting for advertisers, for sponsors. There's a lot of back-end stuff that I don't think people... I won't say appreciate because I know listeners appreciate it, but maybe get the full scope of. Um, that's in terms of the podcast. And then I think with wildlife photography, like I just ordered a brand new tripod. I just ordered a new gimbal head because I want to get into filming wildlife. I mean, I'm, I said it on, I think the last episode, I'm by no means bored of just photographing wildlife. I'm starting to picture it in my head as an entirely different medium. And at least for myself, I know that I'm someone who constantly needs to be challenged. As soon as I'm in my comfort zone, I get bored. Rather than putting my feet up, I want to go faster. I want to I, I I just need to be stimulated with challenge. So 
I think going back to sort of being a white belt in terms of my knowledge of filming, I don't have that level of experience uh, of filming wildlife. So it's it's going to be a bit of a challenge being a beginner again or an intermediate again. Um, but I tell myself I've been here before. I was there when I first got my 150 to 600 millimeter. I knew nothing about wildlife photography. I was shooting squirrels and missing and out of focus. And <laughs> it's fun to learn and it's fun to watch yourself progress. I think the one thing I would take away from this this passage here is that try to make the journey fun, right? I mean, struggling mm-hmm. is a bit fun. I, I, I Maybe I'm insane for saying that, but I enjoy, maybe not right in the moment at the time, but from a macro perspective, I love the struggle because mm-hmm. I think you build character there and you build, you, you know, you, you, progress along your journey in a, in a, a self-respective way. Yeah. I love it. Well, I mean, once you're at well the top done. of the iceberg, you know, you don't have anything anywhere else to go. Right. So enjoying the climb is truly where you're going to find a lot of the success that you've deemed yourself, right. However you deem success. So it's, that's great to hear. This girl's smart. Absolutely. Who found her? Oh, I did. I did. Yeah. <laughs> Job, Aaron. Yeah. Uh, do I get to answer the question or no? We're gonna skip Please. Me. Absolutely. What was the question again? No, I know kidding. I was long-winded. Uh, <laughs> what, what's the bottom of the, like, what's the work? What's the... Like people don't see. Yeah. Yeah. The part that people don't see. Um, I, I mean, I could talk forever, but I think <laughs> the part that people don't see is me raising a son, me doing all this on top yeah. of that, uh, me having a full-time career as a school counselor, me addressing a student that was writing a, a Google essay to a a predator that's saying like, I don't think we could be friends anymore. You're too old. Like, why do you keep messaging me? Uh, having to deal with that and dealing with parents and then, uh, going to photograph some, some Eagles and, and edit them and put them up and then get on with Seth and, and do a show. Like there's just a lot in life. And I'm not saying that to, I don't know, garnish sympathy or be like, Ooh, like, well, your life's so hard. No, 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 no. But I'm just saying like, there's so much, it's not, it's not me with a camera, like walking through the woods all day, you know, and and surfing Instagram. Like there's a lot of life and there's only so many hours in the day to make it all happen. And you gotta, you gotta keep it together. Um, So I think that's the work, uh, let alone like, you know, personal life and this and that and the other thing, like stuff I touched on last week, like it's, it's not always easy to, it's not always like just roses and uh, everything's going great. There's, there's a lot of work to be done. There's, you know, we're trying to do tons of things with the podcast, tons of things with retreats, uh, our, our product photography and cabins coming up that uh, a couple of cabins I'm doing coming up in the fall. Um, so just like the the balance of it, I think keeping the balance is a art on its own. Um, I do like that busyness. Uh, I go crazy in the summer when you take like one of them away, which is my career. Like school counseling isn't happening in the summer. I I feel that and I, I really try to fill it in with other things, but I like that busyness. Uh, it, it keeps my mind stimulated. I don't like feeling like, you know, we're, we're sitting around, but, um, yeah, I think, I think that's that, like just the, the balance, the scheduling, the time management. I like the one point you bring up. I mean, we all have the same 168 hours in a week, right? Mm -hmm. So I think being judicious with our time, that's, that is a key to whatever you deem as success. So I'm, I'm really glad you brought that up, Aaron. And, and to be can, fair, people, I do think of you, Aaron, as be mm-hmm. walking through the woods with your camera. <laughs> Sorry, See? Seth, go for it. <laughs> no, I was going to say people can write in and ask if uh, Mary should be the new host of the show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's great. I'm like, Aaron, smiling. there's I'm the like door. Smiling. I'm not yeah. going anywhere. <laughs> Mary, Mary, here's the truth. Here's the truth. Like, yeah. We, we've never talked really like we've, we've chatted and I, I know you're, I know you're competent as a human, but I don't really, <laughs> Great. I don't, I don't really, uh, like we've never chatted. And then there's these, these moments of like, 
like Seth, hey Seth, I think I have a guest that can come on. Like I'm I'm really impressed with what she's done and uh, she seems cool. I don't know. Uh, and then you bring them on and you're just scared. And we've been very you're lucky. Holding <laughs> <retro thing. laughs> yeah. We've been very lucky, but uh, I, I guess you, there's the possibility that like someone's personality is like, just like harsh <laughs> or, or there's a loud chomping in the background. They're eating their dinner. At, at, who knows? Who knows what could go on? Uh <laughs> And that's or they're sitting the, in an empty room. <laughs> empty room, this cavernous room with uh, <laughs> doors kind of reverb. Uh, but uh, no, no, no. But yeah, I think Seth and I's worst nightmare is being like, wow, I don't know if we can, I don't know if we can put that podcast on the air. That was, that was a real <laughs> That hasn't happened though. It no, hasn't happened. I, We're so far from that, but it's just, uh, it's a pleasure talking to you so far. So what will you, what is your goal with the podcast? I mean, you have so many episodes, which, I mean, I feel like half the battle is to continuously create fresh content. Um, so what do you, what's your goal with it? Easy, easy answer. Please. And then we got to get back to you. Then we got to get yeah, back sorry. to you. Yeah, sorry. I'm just curious. No, no, don't be sorry. Don't be sorry. Easy answer. Help as many people as possible. Um, okay. I was thinking about the state of myself. I was thinking if I could give myself any piece of advice five years ago, me, what would it be? And it would be stop focusing on how to personally succeed and start figuring out how you can add value to the most amount of people in your life. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I wish I knew that five years ago, you know? Um, And I'll probably say the same thing about something else another five years from now, right? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, That's the goal is help as many people as possible and learn a lot about yourself along the way. And what will success look like? Well, we're going to get way into it, I guess here. eh? Okay. (laughs) Uh, Sorry. That was my last question. No, no, it's great. It's great. It's great. (laughs) People are going to maybe roll their eyes. I hope not because this is, this is very genuine success to me and it's different for every single person is um, happiness. And I think there's this misconception that when you hit a certain chapter or a marker, then you'll be happy. Then you'll be happy. Then you'll be happy. I get the Rolls Royce. I'll be happy. I get the hundred thousand dollars. I'll be happy. People see it as a target as opposed to something that you can create for yourself out of thin air. You can, you can just choose to be happy. You know what I mean? It's a state of being that you can choose to participate in at any moment rather than something that you constantly have to chase throughout your life. You don't have to look very far to find multimillionaires who are downright miserable. Yet, we celebrate a lot of those people based on materialistic things and, and their image. So I'm really, part of this show is to help people, A, have fun with the journey and B, find happiness each step of the way. Yeah, I love it. Nice. I think it's also, I mean, you're almost by definition, the topics that you're choosing, they're also helping people find confidence in what they're doing, um, which I think is is huge, especially in the, in the arts community. Well, in believing in yourself, right? And having faith mm-hmm. in that what you're doing isn't insane. People around you might think you're absolutely crazy. Right, right. right. And yeah. it's, it's putting those blinders on and saying, I don't care about the noise. I know my skill set. I know myself. Mm-hmm. I'm so focused on becoming a better me that I believe in myself so much that whatever I can imagine will come to fruition within the realms of physics. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Yeah. How hard are you willing to work and how okay are you with constantly failing and redesigning yourself and redesigning your approach? Mm -hmm. Yep, within the 168-hour allotment. Yeah, Yeah, people people knowing that we're all doing that or they're not alone. I think photography exactly. and art, mm-hmm. art can be a, a very lonely thing and you kind of lose your, it's kind of like being out in sea with you lose the sight of land. You're like, Whoa, like this is, I'm, I'm out here. Like I, I have no bearing on where I am. Uh, and I think that that's very true in art and you, you maybe, maybe I'm onto something here where we, grasp onto those numbers, those validating numbers to say like, oh, like, am I doing anything right? Like I need some sort of metric to show that the hours I'm spending out in the woods mean anything. Like, what am I doing with my life? 
you know, I've had that thought many times. <laughs> I'm sure Seth has too, where it's like, oh, I hate that thought. I try to get rid of that one very quickly, mm-hmm. but it comes in like, ooh, I should be doing a lot of other things than not seeing animals in the woods, you know? And <laughs> <laughs> like, when you, when you see something, it's great. And then it's, it's like, that was, that was worth yeah. it completely. But you spend a stint of four hours in the woods and, and see a squirrel, you're like, <laughs> Yeah. You know what? Uh, I, have, I had a lot of laundry to do, and uh, <laughs> and now I'm out here. Unbelievable. Um, that is no, a it's crippling easy. thought. It's mm-hmm. yeah, it's easy to go down that path. So to to hear those thoughts for me, like to put those thoughts out there and hear other people's thoughts and our guests' thoughts and uh, people write in and and say things, and to be able to like kind of share and connect in a different way is uh, that's been what's attracted to me or attractive to me. But I'll know when I have success, when we have a full trip paid for to Juneau, Alaska. (laughs) (laughs) Success to me. Well, Mary, we got to get, I'm I'm on your website right now. I was on it earlier, but I pulled it back up for uh, for reference. (laughs) Um, You're obviously very well spoken and, and quite intelligent. Um, I just, the way you carry yourself and your energy in this interview has been, has been very awesome. I, I, I've quite enjoyed talking to you, uh, thus far. I have a question and I want you to, uh, dig into your background a bit. Yeah. With, uh, <laughs> Go for with, it. With consumer marketing. Um, mm-hmm. I kind of want to know broadly your story of, you know, some of the major things you've done in, in, in your marketing roles and how, your knowledge and study of marketing has crept into, potentially crept into your photography practice. And if you ever, you know, do you, have you ever considered that you're building a personal brand and how, what advice would you give to people to build a personal brand? I think there was a point in time for a hot second that I thought it might make sense to do that for myself personally, Um, to which I quickly realized that I wasn't a huge fan (laughs) of being on camera or of uh, being on podcasts. (laughs) So (laughs) I know, right? Is this Um, your first podcast? Aaron is very, uh, very persuasive. No, it is actually (laughs) my my second one. Um, But, you know, it's just not something that comes naturally to me, right? So... Well, you fooled I thought, us. <laughs> well, and and so you'll see that though on my, I guess, for lack of better terms, my primary channel, which is Instagram. Um, most people, if they're building their content from a personal standpoint, will show their faces a lot more. They'll show them doing things. Um, if anything, I've been blamed of the opposite, right? I've been blamed of, hey, is there actually a person behind this account? To answer your question, I don't feel like I'm probably in the right spot to answer what folks could do or should do, but I think it, it goes back to the one-on-one marketing, right? Which is, what are you trying to help somebody solve? What's the problem you're trying to help someone solve? What are they looking to you for? What do you want to be known for? Um, a brand, just like a human being, you create a voice, a tone, a purpose. And so some of it is kind of like one-on-one. It's, it's very similar from a brand to a person. However, they don't have to be the same, right? So you, your name could be, I don't know, Julie Smith, and you want to create a brand around stand-up paddle boards. But you also could be Julie Smith and create a brand around peanut butter and jelly, right? <laughs> so like, mm-hmm. again, in my mind, it goes back to that. What is your purpose? What are you trying to do? Who's your target audience? What are you helping them with? What will your content help that person solve? Maybe let's dig into work life a bit. So when yeah, you're please. consulting, right, for on a project or for a, for a company, mm-hmm. are you digging into what's not working? And do you think that would be a good practice for people to do themselves? I think that... Yeah, of course. If there's a problem or what's not working, if you've identified that, you've identified that that is by far one of the, the biggest triggers for you to make a change. To, to kind of try to weave in the first question here, which is a bit of my background. Um, I worked at a creative agency, um, more or less on the account side, so meaning working with a client and then an internal creative team to help people concept. Um, I've worked with CPG companies 
So different products back in the day when companies were trying to get things on Amazon, working with them, you know, through some of the uh, the fun ways that behavior changes from a shopping standpoint to even a buying standpoint, how the shopper and the consumer can be two different people, yet we're targeting them through the same product, um, you know, all the way through to marketing services. So how do you market something that someone can't see or touch or feel? Um, how do you connect that person with with something that's invisible, for lack of better terms? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so that's kind of my background. Um, I don't feel like I answered that that first question, but that at least kind of gives you um, the idea that I've had a longer journey in marketing. Does what you've learned from your marketing journey and your corporate life spill over into how you attack social media? Do you have a strategy or do you just kind of post whatever and it's more of a fun thing for you? Or is there a little bit of a competitive, self-competitive nature in it for you? It started as more fun. (laughs) It started as, oh, here's a great picture. This is a shot on my phone, right? Um, Right. And then, of course, unfortunately or fortunately, whichever way you want to look at it, it became more of a, okay, well then, really, if I'm going to be spending this time on it, what's the purpose of it? What's the goal? Um, You know, what do I see this in five years? What happens if the platform goes away? What do you truly lose? How are you backing things up to make sure that you don't lose that? Or um, is there another platform that you're you're more interested in and and who's reaching that platform best and how am I reaching them along their path to purchase or along their own journey? Well, can you answer those questions yourself? I'm curious to know the answers to those questions from your perspective. It changes. And I think that goes back to one of your previous questions um, earlier in this podcast, but it does change over time, right? As any brand evolves, I feel like the, the way I think about things evolves as well. And so initially I'd started Mary's Mark as an LLC in Florida that I was taking, um, where I was taking different photographs of people. So more portrait work, work on the beach, things like that, um, to where I got to a point where I was like, you know what, I don't really feel like this is my true passion. So how do I move that to more of a product space? Um, and so I started working with more retailers and I started trying to sell online. Um, and now I kind of do both. And so I think for me... When it comes to to Mary's Mark on Instagram, my true goal is to create content that helps people enjoy life more. I know it sounds loose and I know it sounds fluffy, (laughs) almost a bit like what you you were saying about um, kind of the podcast here too, right? You just want to help people, you know, find happiness and and enjoy the journey. So I feel like Mm -hmm. that's, that's kind of where I'm at, at least for Mary's Mark right now. Cool. Um, and do you have a strategy in place to best execute that? To execute that goal. That goal. To yeah. like what what uh, actions do you feel are available on social media to help you mm-hmm. reach that goal or purpose or maximize that intent? Yeah. So I actually had to start minimizing my time. <laughs> I don't know if I should say this or not. Minimize my time on Instagram. I think, you know, to Aaron's slight dramatic slash points that he made earlier when he was saying <laughs> um, heart emoji, heart emoji, heart emoji, your fire, whichever one it was. <laughs> you know, you fire get to a, for sure. Yeah, fire. fire. <laughs> there, you know, there was a, a level of engagement that I felt like Instagram encouraged when the platform was first. Uh, new to the world, right? There was more about, it was more about like, hey, in an authentic voice, you got, you're doing a really great job with XYZ. I love the composition of this, da, 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 da. And I think over time it's evolved, right? As more platform competitors have come into the market, such as TikTok, um, as, as they've changed, as like Snapchat, you know, um, it's forced Instagram as a platform to potentially change the way that they encourage interaction um, and real authentic empathy between people. And so for me, as I've evolved my strategy, it's become more about spending less time on it, meaning the platform itself and engaging with people less, which might sound terrible. <laughs> so you can call me out for that. No, but no, this is interesting. But also making sure that the content that I put out is slightly better than what I probably would have done, you know, a year ago. And that for me, I have to keep changing my bar and my elevation of the game to keep myself interested. Um, 
you know, it used to be about posting a whale shot and I still do that for sure. But when you add another element such as video, um, and then you add a different device such as a drone, right? What else can you do out there? How else can you show people a different angle or something they may not see all the time? How can you do that for them and help them see that we have an amazing world that we live in? Uh, you know, I, th- I think that's, for lack of better terms, kind of our duty. Mm-hmm. It's our, you know, it's part of the the reason why we're all here trying to share things is to help others see um, or experience something. So it might feel like a loose strategy, but that's that's kind of what I'm doing now. Uh, you you come from the east. You come from like Pittsburgh and around here, and I went all the <laughs> way to the bottom of your Instagram feed and saw like, yeah. oh, I know these spots. Here we are. Yeah, cool. Um, but uh, I mean. I mean, Alaska, you, you went there two years ago, a year and a half ago. So we've been actually coming up to Alaska, I don't know, for the last, let's just say eight to 10 years. Um, but we've okay. been spending just the summers up here. And even before that, we were spending just a couple of weeks up here. So it uh-huh. took us a while before we could spend more time meeting the whole summer up here. Consistently. Oh, so are you, so you come, do you, where do you go after the summer? You come back? Yeah. Yep. I oh. do. To yeah. <laughs> the east. Wonderful. Yes. Oh, okay. uh, but that's not even my question. My question is this. Uh, Alaska, we see on Instagram through a lot of our friends, through you. Um, yeah. uh, like Brooke Littleberry is up there and, and Arthur and they're doing their, their bear tours. And it just seems cool. like a, um, a mecca of, of enormous wildlife everywhere now Mm. that's the impression but i guess my question is like seth and i always joke and and talk about the east coast and like you know i mean it's just it's hard it's it's harder or i think it's camo in four hours for a squirrel (laughs) yeah maybe like i mean there's there's no l coming up to cars there deer are so skittish uh good box no it's good it's hard it's hard. It's, yeah, it's hard. But I guess <laughs> my question is, is it hard because we don't know or is it hard also in maybe a different way or is it just abundant? Like, are you going out and you're, you're getting, you're getting content? Is that like a, is that a definite, whether it's the content you want, A plus content, I don't know, but are you, is it just happening? Hmm. So nature and wildlife happen. Um, I would say though, so for me, I'm more of a weekend warrior, right? So I work during Mm -hmm. the week and then the weekends are when we can go out. I would say from, I mean, I guess you can, you can kind of position this in a few different ways, but I would say it's not content all the time, right? So I've gone out days and, you know, you're out there for eight hours and you don't see really much of anything um, or something that you wouldn't shoot necessarily such as your equivalent of a squirrel. And so that that absolutely happens. And the other part is that the weather can be bad. It kicks up here a lot. And if you're doing anything on the water, you can forget, you know, when there's a small craft advisory, there's just not much you can do. So mm-hmm. I also understand, though, from kind of the East Coast standpoint, some of it can be, look, it seems like if you're looking for that buck with, you know, awesome brow tines and how many... Um, you know, how large of a rock, it's, it's really hard to find that over there, at least in my opinion, um, where here, I think you see a moose and it might have, you know, three antlers or, you know, whatever that looks like. And everyone's more enamored by it. I think there's a, a kind of element where it's almost like it's big and Alaska has a, a branding in and of itself that the East coast just doesn't. Let me follow up then. Yeah, how often, yeah. When you go out, are you... Aaron asks this question a lot, so I feel almost weird stealing yeah. his thunder here. Do he asks, and I think don't he was going to ask, he was going to ask it. Uh-oh. I'm going to do dun, it. Dun, dun. Do, you del- <laughs> do you go out with a deliberate type of shot in mind, or do <sighs> you, you just go it. out and see what happens? Yeah, I know, Aaron. Sorry, buddy. <laughs> um, the latter for me personally. So kind of going back to something I said at the very beginning, which is whales and orcas they disappear. If they're up and breaching, the chances of you, one, catching that on film and or video and or being pointed in the right direction and or the waves not being so up and down that you're completely a hot mess on the boat, right? Um, 
it's it's more or less for me maximizing exposure time. So the amount of time that you can go out there is usually equal to having a better shot at something. Um, I do feel like there's there's folks out there who go out with a shot in mind. And especially I feel like I can do that with landscapes more so because you know when the sun's going to be a certain angle and you can kind of plan and predict, not guaranteed by any means, right? But with wildlife, it's even more difficult, especially if you're on the water here, at least from my perspective. Mm -hmm. That makes sense too. I mean, it makes complete sense with, with, with whales and, and, and water marine life, uh, just that, just that split second thing, uh, and where's the boat pointing and you can't see under the water at the time. So that makes complete sense. Um, mm-hmm. to some of the other things like, uh, eagles, for example, where like, yeah. the joke out here is like, they're, they're like seagulls. Like there's so <laughs> many of them, um, mm-hmm. is I would think Okay, to go get a photograph of a bald eagle for me is a little bit challenging. Uh, To get a good one, a great one is very challenging. Uh, Something up close or like really tight and sharp, very challenging. Uh, Out there, it might be easier to do that, to get a photo or up close one. But then you can make the game harder for yourself or more challenging. Like, oh, there is this amazing tree that is right in front of this mountain. And like it's possible one might land in this and you can go for day after day after day after day trying to wait for this moment to happen. I would think that would be a strategy that I would get into. Is that, does that ring true? Like I've never asked that question. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, I would say that's probably a strategy that some people employ for sure. Um, I feel like for me personally, I don't have the patience for that as much, but I would like to be that person (laughs) if that helps Mm -hmm. at all. (laughs) Um, But I think, you know, again, if for eagles, for example, it's some of it's just using kind of the the tools that you have in hand, right? So you know that eagles like to eat uh, fish, right? So at low tide, when the tide's at the lowest, what is that date? What is that time? How do you put yourself in the right spot to be there? Um, I don't necessarily like leaving things up to happenstance in a sense, but at the same time, you can't force wildlife. So it's it's that delicate art that you have to be okay with and the ambiguity to just know <laughs> you're going to come up empty-handed a lot. You know, you're going to have felt mm-hmm. like you spent four hours in the woods and all you saw was a squirrel. And maybe it wasn't even a squirrel. Maybe it was a chipmunk. And maybe it wasn't a chipmunk. It was a ladybug. But that Don't one time... On <laughs> I have a special bond with those little guys. (laughs) You know, that that one time that you happen to be in the right place at the right time, you know, hopefully when you get that shot, you feel like you hit the jackpot because Mm -hmm. you know what you put into it. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I'm going to ask a a final question that's going to leave probably some room, some open-endedness to go down any which way. So, why agree to do a podcast like this? You know what I mean? Um, we're not paying you. I mean, this is your this is your time. It's valuable. So like, why? Uh, we always ask why. Why, why, why? We invoke, when we invite listeners to ask why to everything they do, just because it helps you understand what motivates you, helps you maybe identify some purpose. So besides, you know, Aaron and I being such great hosts, <laughs> um, you know, why, why agree to do something like this? I'm just curious. I've never yeah. asked that question to anyone on this show. Um, really? Is it a comfort? Really? Is it a comfort zone thing? Is it another way for you to spread value to an audience? Is it a mix? Is it something totally else? Uh, why? Yeah. So I'm going to answer this with not one answer, but a myriad of answers. <laughs> I mean, Great. I think in, initially when I was thinking about this earlier today, this podcast. I was thinking, okay, what's that call to action? Like what if I had, you know, any of the followers or friends or people in my life do something after this podcast, what would that be, right? What's What can you use the platform for? And I couldn't really come up with anything. So then I said, okay, well then truly why was I doing this? So to your point, Seth, kind of marching down that path of why, 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 why. Um, and I think when I took a look at the titles within your podcast sessions, they were something more than what you often see, which is how to push the pixels around here. What camera gear are you using? You know, they went beyond just the photography element. Um, there's a, an element of almost a philosophy here. 
And so I truly enjoy that. I think the crux of the reason why I'm here is because I think it was about a year ago, Erin, when I first reached out to you, um, and it was about, I feel like, going live on Instagram. Like, this is how long ago mm. it was. <laughs> you probably don't even yeah. remember the quick conversation, but I had seen you go live. Um, and I, I was nervous, right? But I knew I wanted to try something new on Instagram. And that was, at the time, apparently in my head, I thought it was a great idea to try. And I remember saying, okay, well, if he's doing it, like, what are some points? And so I reached out to you and you were pretty much like, the, you know, these are a couple of things to consider. And then you're also like, but just do it why would you wait essentially? Um, and that attitude was very appealing to me because I am the type of person who can sit there and think about something for the whole day mm-hmm. um, and then let inaction speak. Uh, and so I thought, you know what, if there's anything I could do ever, um, even on my platform, right, can I can I promote this podcast or can I help you guys in any way, shape or form? You know, the kindness that Aaron showed me in a time where he probably had no idea who I was, which <laughs> clearly this is the first time we're actually talking. Um, yeah. You know, that that deserves everything that I can do to help. Um, yeah. So I would say that's my three-prong answer. Goes back to how can you add value again, which is which I had, which is something I wish I had been practicing for quite some time as opposed to just the past few years. Um Mary, thank you very much. This has been one hell of an interview. Um, yeah, I got nothing left amazing. unless Aaron. Yeah, very, very great interview. We're very grateful that you um, spent your time with us today. Time is money for us all, for everyone listening. <laughs> um, and I hope people, I, well, I don't hope, I know people will have enjoyed this one. And uh, happy that people continue to invest in themselves with uh, philosophies and concepts that guests like yourself offer and uh, I hope that they continue to apply them so thanks for joining us thank you both very much I appreciate it